Welcome back to the Southern Showdown Podcast. I'm Tripp. This is Chris. An exciting week in the SEC last week. Alabama pulls out a close win against A&M. LSU has a little backdoor cover with that pick six, and Georgia just dominates Kentucky. It was a fun week of college football, and uh, I'm excited for this week as well. Oh, yeah, me too. We got a little late-night Friday session for you guys. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle getting through this one. I'm a little tired, but here we go, trying to give it, give it to you guys. So. All right, let's look at the games from uh, last week. We're going to start with start with the LSU-Missouri game. We'll start uh, yeah. with that one. Yeah, we'll start with that little LSU-Missouri. That was a that was a good little back-and-forth game for a long time. I really thought Missouri had the upper hand for a very long time in that game till at the end, LSU. Man, Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. That's all you got to say about this game. Jaden Daniels single-handedly brought them back into this game on with his feet, with the passing. A lot of it on his feet, though. And then at the very end, you know, I, I took LSU to cover. Uh, I didn't have it as one of my picks, but I had it as one of my SEC picks. Took LSU to cover, and it was a little backdoor cover with Brady Cook's first interception in a very long time. He led the SEC in uh, consecutive passes without an interception and then throws the interception there at the end of the LSU game. He actually has the record for the longest in SEC history yep. until that pick. But um, – yeah, it was a great back-and-forth game. Jaden Daniels balls out once again. I will say my, my quarterback top ten was very flawed, but at least I got number one right <laughs> in the preseason. But uh, it was a great game, and I was I was jumping up and screaming because I also picked LSU. And that pick six, that just never happens. They, never. That never happens. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was a nice backdoor very cover. Excited. And LSU just kind of dominated on the the run game. All They had two 100-yard rushers, Jaden Daniels and uh, Diggs at running back. Had both had over 130 yards. It was just very pointsy. Yeah, very. If you're a defensive coordinator, you don't like this game. I don't know at all. Big, big pointsy game. Move on to our next game. What game are we going to? We got. Oh man, I, I knew it. I felt this one in my veins with Western Michigan and Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I just figured that. I, I really felt like Western Michigan was going to kind of hang around in this game, and they hung around till the very end. But I had, to, I had to take Mississippi State. They were a dark horse at the beginning of the year. I just felt like I couldn't just throw them, throw them to the wolves, you know, and I had to back them. I backed them, but they only win by 13. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say they took care of business, but, man, as we, we sound like a broken record because we can just keep on saying how Mississippi State just has not turned out to be the football team that we projected at the beginning of this year. Yeah, absolutely. And Will Rogers, I think he left in the third quarter of this game, so – there was parts of this game where I was watching where I thought they would finally pull away and and beat them pretty good, and they just let Western Michigan stick around. It was just it was very disappointing to watch because it's, it's a team I anticipated to be a lot better than they are this year. And also, I hope Will Rogers gets better. He's probably got a, a good career ahead of him. I hope he gets a speedy recovery. But just a, kind of back and forth, especially in the second half. It was a close game in the second half. Yeah. I feel like. They just need something, something different, yeah. something different. They haven't, they haven't got it figured out. And there that, Mississippi that Mississippi State. State secondary is absolutely atrocious. I mean, you let a Western Michigan quarterback throw for 262 yards and three touchdowns on you, it's kind of rough. Like, <laughs> they got to get something figured out over there. <laughs> Mississippi State needing something. Then we had the old Alabama versus Texas A&M, man. That was a, that was a pretty good game. You know, I, I had Alabama. Alabama covers for us. You know, a little slight cover there. Uh, Am I right? Yeah, they Alabama did, was only favored the, one point. One point, yeah. That's right. That's right. So, you know, 
Good game, real good game. I feel like even though the game was 26-20, to 20, I feel like Alabama kind of controlled the game, oh, yeah. the entire game. Uh, I think that was the plan for them, and they got it done. Milrow, Milrow looked a lot better through the air, looked good on the ground, but the biggest thing for Milrow is he looked a lot better through the air. Yeah. And uh, Jermaine Burton had a heck of a day. Nine receptions, dang near 200 yards, two touchdowns, and that's a guy I wasn't really expecting to have a day like that. I mean, I mean, he's always been a pretty talented wide receiver. He usually just talks that talk, but don't really walk that walk. You know what I'm saying? All bark but no bite. I don't, but know, he, about, I don't he, know about that, man. He showed up against a and I don't know. Jermaine's the man. Jermaine Burton, I don't really like him. I feel man. like he's always been the man. He's a punk, dude. He's a uh, punk. He might be a punk. He, he can back it up a little bit. Well, <laughs> let's just move on. There's, an, there's, <laughs> a, there's another guy out there coaching right now. He's kind of a punk, but he can back it up. Oh, Dion. He he don't even he can't hold Dion's jock strap. <laughs> Next game we have was the old Florida Vandy game. Florida, you know, they kinda they they just dominated this game. It was a little close in the first quarter, then they get the uh, two touchdowns in the second and uh Vandy don't score and you know, Florida really just controlled this game. They they look good again, uh, but I will say, you know, it's a Vandy team that I was a little bit higher on. You know, it's hard not to be higher on all these SEC teams. I back the SEC. Yes, you know, we're Tennessee fans, and we want to beat everybody in the SEC, but I back the SEC true and through, and Vandy just really hasn't lived up to my expectations. You know, I, I took them to make some upsets this year that they couldn't do, but uh, this is one I did have them losing, but. You know, yeah, Florida. Florida gets it. Yeah, Florida just pretty much controlled this game all the way through. Uh, Montreal Johnson had a great game on the ground. They said they had that good one-two punch with him and Etn, and uh, Etn didn't really light it up as much as Johnson did this game. But just their run game has been solid throughout this whole year. And Graham Mertz has really been kind of inconsistent, but this game he was very, very efficient. He was 30 for 36 passing, had three touchdowns through there, and he just looked good against against Vanderbilt. And um, Florida just kind of dominated, controlled the game all the way through. Sure. Then we had that old Georgia and Kentucky. Man, I can't, I, I really can't believe that I took Kentucky last week I in this pick either. because right before the game started, I was like, you know, I wish I could get back on the podcast and take Georgia. Take Georgia right now. Not even just for an SEC pick. I wanted to take them for an overall pick. Uh, but. I don't, I don't know. I just I just wasn't feeling them that night. But Georgia Georgia gets a big time cover. I mean, fifty one thirteen. Carson Beck throws for like uh, three ninety or something something like that. Yeah, almost four hundred yeah. yards. Uh, you know they they hit him on the ground. Bowers was Bowers. Bowers was super Bowers. Heisman candidate for sure. I mean, good lord. When's the last, I don't. When's the last time has a tight tight end win won the Heisman? Uh, I don't before? think a tight end has ever won the Heisman. Never. But. Brock Bowers is top ten in Heisman odds right now. Man, that dude. You know, there was a long time where Heisman were like the best player on the best team, and Georgia's proven again this year so far to be that best player. And he, I meant the best team, and Brock Bowers definitely proven to be the best player. Oh yeah, I just had a I had a feeling about this game. Georgia, they didn't start out slow like they had all year. I still thought they might start out slow, but I had a feeling that they would just dominate Kentucky. It's not because I just always hate on Kentucky. I just feel like – Come on now. I feel like Georgia hasn't – this was their breakout game. This was their, like, statement game. People have been doubting them because they're slow starts against uh, these, like, lower-tier teams, and then they come out and just dominate against Kentucky. And now 
They were the only undefeated SEC team left. Carson Beck looked great. He did throw one pick, but, I mean, other than that, he was pretty much perfect. And uh, Brock Bowers, once again, is Brock Bowers and does Brock Bowers things. So it's that and the fact that you hate Kentucky. Right. Well, I also hate Kentucky, <laughs> but. <laughs> but uh. Next game we had was Arkansas and Ole Miss. This one was a little a little closer than mm-hmm. expected. Uh, I figured Ole Miss would kind of run, run away with this one, but 27-20, you know, a little breakout win at the end for Ole Miss. Good game, good game in this one. Uh, Jackson Dart, did he, did he come out in this game at all? Or? No, I don't think he did. I, I was only able to watch the beginning of this one. I watched I the watch. first half of this game. I didn't watch the whole lot of the second half. But Jackson Dart, I don't think, came out. But uh, Arkansas, just a lot of heartbreaks. Through, I mean, they're probably the best two and four team out there. Yeah. They've had so many close games. They had that they could have won against LSU. I mean, they could have won this game against um, – Ole Miss, I mean, they outscored them in the second half. They just got too much down at halftime. They were down 17-7 to at halftime and just couldn't come back. So, I mean, and here they go traveling to Bama. Yeah. Got to feel bad for them at this point. They're going 2-5, and five, I mean. Yeah. K.J. Jefferson, honestly not having the year that a lot of us expected K.J. Jefferson to have. He still looks like a solid quarterback. He just – a lot of people were expecting him to be the top the top dog, like the guy. Uh, you know, I think he's done great, but as I said – at the beginning of the year, and as you said, is he's a guy that just carries that team. I mean, he, he's trying to single-handedly. You know, I said I. You you stepped in and said I'll go ahead and say it. You know, yeah. he's he single-handedly carries yeah. that team, and that's what he's trying to do. And that's it's a tough task. And I know Rocket Sanders has had a lot of injury issues too, and that's another guy that they really depend on this offensive side of the ball. But I mean, even when he's been healthy, he hadn't really been producing the way that they. They want him to, and that that could just be because he's not 100 percent, and he's just he wants to play. Right. But um, it's just tough, tough half of the year for Arkansas. Maybe they can turn it around. Maybe maybe be bowling by the end of this year. But oh, it's going to be that's, tough. That's tough. I'd have to see their schedule. Look at the stretch they've got yeah. going going down at the end here. I think that's all we got for this past week. Yeah. Go ahead, Go ahead and break into your uh, top five. What you got for the top five this week? Top five for this week, I got two honorable mentions. First honorable mention, Montreal Johnson running back for Florida. He had 156 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He just ran all over Vanderbilt. Looked like a, a elite running back again this week. Second honorable mention, Caleb Downs. He was actually in the top five last week. He's just – been playing great, good Alabama defensive back. He had seven total tackles and another interception in this game. So that's uh, another interception. Two weeks in a row he's had an interception. And then at number five, Malik Neighbors for LSU, wide receiver. He had six receptions, 146 yards and a touchdown. And uh, he just helped them pull away in that second half, was a big factor in that game. And then number four, I got Graham Mertz, extremely efficient. Against Vanderbilt, 30 for 36, 254 yards and three touchdowns. Mm. He just kind of showed what he can be, even though sometimes he doesn't always show up. He sh- he showed up that day. And then number three, once again, I got that Bowers-Beck connection. They just ball absolutely balled out. Uh, Beck had uh, almost 400 yards and four touchdowns, and Brock Bowers had 132 yards and a touchdown receiving with about six, seven receptions, I, I believe. And then at number two, a guy who's on the list almost every week is Jaden Daniels. He had three touchdowns through the air, and he had 130 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He's just like the definition of dual threat. 
He's probably going to be a top 10 draft pick this year, uh, at least top 15. And then number one, a guy I've already said I don't really like, but he showed up last Saturday, Jermaine Burton. Nine receptions, 197 yards, and two touchdowns. He uh, was a humongous factor in this game, and I don't think Alabama would have won without him. So that's why I got number one. You showed that you, uh, you're you not going to hold any grudges, huh? I know. Th th throwing Graham Mertz in the mix. Not going to hold any grudges against Florida. Man, if he plays good, I'll throw him in there. <laughs> well, uh, well, sounds good. Top end of this upcoming week. Look at the games. Of uh, you know, we got the Texas A&M at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I hope they're loud. Oh, they're going to be loud. They Check won't be there for this one. Checker kneeling this weekend. It's about it's about time for a nice little weekend on the couch to watch some football. Right. I'll tell you that. I'm uh, I'm kind of looking forward to it, but mm -hmm. man, I'm looking forward to watching this game. Like he said, they're gonna check check the Needler Stadium out, checkerboard the the stadium. You know, you know, the, <laughs> the little blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I ain't got going on right here. Yeah. All I know is Tennessee's covered. <laughs> Tennessee's winning. Tennessee's covered. Tennessee's Tennessee covered. over A&M. No, for real, though, this is two teams that have great, good, really great pass rushers. Mm -hmm. Really great pass rushers. Really great lines. And I think that's where this is going to be won is in the trenches, at the front lines, which defense is going to step up, and which quarterback is going to step up. That's, uh, that's really what I see in this game. And uh, – I, I pray it's Tennessee, and I believe it's Tennessee. I, I think there's a big thing at home right now. We're 12-0 uh, in, in, in our last 12 at home. And uh, like you you like you had said before, I didn't know this, but uh, A&M is, what, 0-7 in seven. their last away games? Uh, so it, it might seem like something where A&M's due and Tennessee's due for their loss, but I don't really believe in that. Let's go balls. I'm taking the balls. I'm also taking the balls. I think – I think we're just going to punch them right in their mouth, and they ain't going to come back from it. I mean, I, it's a bold prediction, I know. Texas A&M just duked it out with Alabama. But got, they got us at home. We don't lose, We haven't lost at home since 2021. And um, I just feel like Tennessee has the upper hand in this game, like matchup-wise. They have probably one of the best defensive fronts in college football, but Cooper Mays is back. And we saw – what wonders that did in our offensive line and how we just whooped South Carolina up front with Cooper Mays back. So I think that's going to be a huge factor. And last week, Tennessee had a bye week. And Tennessee led the SEC in sacks. So they got one less game and only two less sacks in Texas A&M. So this is two great pass rush defenses, like you said. So I feel like that's also going to be a factor. They got a backup quarterback in. I know he's been playing pretty good, but is he going to be playing good in that atmosphere with that amount of pressure on him? I just don't see him stepping up in, in that um, in that environment. The game against Alabama, they were at Texas A&M. You know what I mean? The crowd's yeah. on his side. He doesn't have that loud crowd where he can't even hear the play calls. They got to do a silent snap count, anything like that. He didn't have any of that. And Alabama's defense is great, but they excel more on the back end than they do on the front seven. So I feel like – it's going to be a game where guys are in his face and the stadium is loud and he gets nervous, makes some bad plays. Yep, it's, so all up, it's all up to Johnson. I think Tennessee minus three is a steal this week. So if you're a betting man, put your money on Tennessee. That's what i got to say. Next we got is uh, Georgia at Vanderbilt. Georgia just proved us very well that they are the top team in the country by absolutely destroying Kentucky in a game where some people thought Kentucky was going to hang around. There were actually people predicting Kentucky to win that football game. 
Uh, Georgia at Vandy. Vandy has not proved anything this year by any means to me or the entire country. I have to side with Georgia on this one. It is minus 31. Georgia has won this game 117 to nothing in the past two years. Kentucky has, I meant Vandy has not scored on them since 2019. I have to side with Georgia on this. I know 31 sounds like a bit big spread, but I think Georgia could cover this in the first half. Wow, in the first half. This is a game I've honestly, I kind of juggled with a little bit. I, I started to pick Vandy, but Vanderbilt, I don't know. They just they hadn't looked very good this year. I mean, Vanderbilt don't usually look that good, don't get me wrong, but I expected them to be a little bit better because they showed growth last year. And uh, I don't know. They just they hadn't showed up. So I was juggling with this one, but I ended up picking Georgia. 31 points, still a big spread for an SEC matchup, but Georgia has just whooped Vandy too much the past four or five years that I, I can't not take Georgia in this game. I'd feel like an idiot if I didn't take them. So. Should have took Vandy. I'm going to take Georgia in this game. Go ahead and get another win on you. Uh, next we got is Auburn at LSU. Uh, something about Baton Rouge is the reason I'm going with LSU on this one. I think they are the better team. Absolutely. I think they got the better quarterback. Uh, you know, I think Auburn's quarterback plays with heart, but LSU, God, Jaden Daniels just looked like a absolute Heisman winner this year so far, just really trying to single-handedly you know, carry that team. And, you know, 11 is just not enough points for me. I think if they could cover the – you know, they could beat this beat, – beat Auburn by two touchdowns or maybe even more, you know, something like 21. Uh, so, I, I got to side with LSU on this yeah. one. I also, I'm also siding with LSU on this one. Um, this is a game where Auburn, they're kind of a low – they don't score a lot of points. Their offense hadn't really been excelling a lot this year. But LSU is kind of a weak defense right now. So, this is a team where they could put up more points – I know a lot of people are probably thinking, heck, they just had a game with Georgia two weeks ago. Why Why would you pick LSU minus 11? Right. But LSU is a better football team, and they could they could very well beat them by two touchdowns, m- maybe even three. That's a little bit stretching it. But I just think offensively LSU is going to put up too much points for Auburn to, to compete with them. So that's why I'm taking LSU. And they're in a Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. Yeah. That's, so. that's one of the biggest parts, you know. Those external uh, factors do matter. Yeah. Next we got is uh, Florida at South Carolina. South Carolina is actually getting two points against Florida while at home. I can understand that with the way that Florida played Tennessee and then the way South Carolina played Tennessee. Biggest thing in those were home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's pretty much what's – I believe these are two evenly matched up teams uh, with the way they've played this year. They don't they don't play the same style. They don't play the same way by any means. But I just think it's two evenly matched teams. So I gotta take the points and I gotta take the home field advantage. And that's the reason I'm going with South Carolina. I'm also taking South Carolina because South Carolina plays good at home. They they haven't really showed up on the road a whole lot, but they play good at home. I and mean, we saw that last year. I don't really want to talk about it a whole lot, but they beat a team at home that wears orange, pretty good, and. uh they just show up at home, and that's why I pick South Carolina. Same read. External factors do matter. That crowd matters. Still still a bunch of college kids playing a game out there, so home field advantage is huge. Yeah. So taking South Carolina minus two. Yeah, and a little bit of the points, plus two. Right. Next uh, yeah. we, we got is Arkansas at Alabama. Arkansas is plus 19.5. I just see this to be too many points, like you said. I think Arkansas – it's probably the best two and four college football team in the nation. 
Uh, you know, and that's not saying a whole lot that you're two and four, but I mean, uh, you know, I just think I just think 19 and a half is too many points. Bama just came off of a very competitive, tough win um, against Texas A&M. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it's time for Arkansas to rebound. They're not going to rebound in the way of getting a win, but I think they're going to rebound in the way of keeping it close with a pretty good Alabama team. I feel like Arkansas is that team that's just like right there on the edge. They're competing with all these teams. They just can't get over the hump. And, uh, I mean, I just kind of see that happening again. I feel like Arkansas probably sticks around with Alabama in the first half, and in the second half Alabama kind of runs away with it. But I feel like almost 20 points is a little too much in any SEC matchup unless you're playing like Vanderbilt. <laughs> but uh, that's why I'm going to pick Arkansas as well. Do we have any different picks right now? I think we're going all the same this week. Coming down to our last pick here is Missouri at Kentucky. Kentucky is minus two and a half. This has no reflection of the way that it went with Georgia. I got to take Missouri, even though they're at Kentucky. Missouri has just looked like a really good football team all year long. You know, they just had a knockdown drag out fight with LSU, and I'm sure that's going to way affect on this game, but I have to take Missouri in this position. I just feel like they're a better football team. Um, they could get down on themselves after that very heartbreaking loss. Uh, but Kentucky was also undefeated before the game with Georgia. They didn't really have a heartbreaking loss. They got absolutely destroyed. Yeah. So, uh, you know, both teams are on a, on a low right now looking to looking to hit a new note to get a little bit high, but i got to take Missouri in this position. All right, I said I wasn't going to hate on Kentucky, but <laughs> this is the easiest pick of the entire thing. I don't think me. you're ever going to side with Kentucky. This is the easiest pick for, because two reasons. Brady Cook, Luther Burton. That's the only two reasons I need. Luther Burton has almost 800 receiving yards this year. He's leading the SEC in receiving. Brady Cook's been balling, and Kentucky's just flat out not that great of a football team. They are overhyped. Anytime they start out hot, they get overhyped, and then they end up going like 7-5. and five. So, I mean, that's just what happens. Is they, that what you're, they have is a that good, what you're picking Kentucky to do? I don't know year. their schedule the rest of the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> I remember like three or four years ago they were – 5-0 and going to play Georgia again. They got thumped, and then they lost like four in a row because that's just what Kentucky does. They're a basketball school. They stick to basketball. The way you have <laughs> talked about Kentucky has just – I'm absolutely worried for the Kentucky-Tennessee game because of the way that you have talked about Dude, Kentucky even if we game. lose, they have to beat us 60 times in a row to tie the all-time <laughs> series. <laughs> we'll still be upset. But – uh Missouri's a better team than Kentucky. That's all I gotta say. Missouri by minus two and a half is an easy pick. I hear you. Again, if you're a betting man and you bet on, bet on the SEC, Tennessee minus three, Missouri minus two and a half. Next week I'll apologize when I'm wrong. <laughs> Are you saying you're gonna be wrong? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I guess we'll climb on into my picks here for this week. Uh, oh lordy, my overall. Uh, last week I did lose. I went 0 and 2, so I am 15 and 9 overall on the year this year. Um, man, just sad week last week going 0 and 2. Like I said, I kind of wanted to take Georgia last week, but I'm taking them this week. You know what? I'm taking them this week. Georgia minus 31 versus Vandy. Now, I ain't gonna tell y'all to put the house on it, but put the house on it. Uh, I really feel Georgia this week. Like I said. Before, you know, they've won 117 to nothing in the past two meetings with Vandy. I really just feel Georgia, they're a dominant team. Vandy's not a good team. I know it's at Vandy. Vandy has some injuries right now, and I just, I just, I really just see Georgia dominating this game. 
the next pick I have is North Carolina minus three versus Miami. If y'all saw that Miami game last week, at the end of the game when they should have just kneeled the ball, the coaching mistake, good Lord, I just couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it. The whole nation couldn't believe it. And even in the press conference, the I believe the coach still just couldn't understand. I feel, he said I something so about, bad. I think we should have called a timeout, and then we should have kneeled the ball. It's like, no, dude, just just go out there and kneel the ball. That's all you had to do is just go out there and kneel the ball. Obviously, they didn't. They ran the ball, fumble, take it back to the house. And I really just feel like if you're on a team like that, there's going to be some kind of commotion around the locker room, commotion with the players and the coaches and you know, if you're a player for that team, can you really believe in the system right now? Can you? That, that they also could be absolutely pissed and just yeah. be like, "We're gonna go take. We ain't out of this fight yet. You know, we're gonna go take it to North Carolina this week." But I have to take North Carolina in this position. I'm usually not a position picker, position better, but I feel I feel right in this position with a uh, Heisman candidate quarterback at North Carolina versus a Miami team just coming off a. Of Really excruciating hard loss. I, I will try and defend Mario Cristobal a little bit. It was a horrible, just horrible mess up. The announcer even said it was the worst mistake he'd seen at that level by a head coach. But uh, it was just a brain fart, dude. Lack of focus moment. He even said in the press conference, he said his players lined up on the ball and he just wasn't paying attention. It was a lack of focus. And he should have called a timeout and stopped him from running a play. But he couldn't. So it's not his fault. It's not all on him. It's not all on him. No, those, I mean. those players should also know that they should line up taking the – it was their call, and he should have called a timeout and stopped him from doing it. Yeah, I mean, but it should have been all-around. It was just an all-around just mess up. And you know that this – like I said, that could be something where they just pick it up and say, we're pissed, we're about to take it to North Carolina, an undefeated team who's probably ranked, I believe, 12 right now. Um, and that could be what they do. But I, positionally, I feel like I have to have to side with North Carolina. And – uh you know, I'm very I'm not very good with the SEC, but I have two SEC picks this week. Uh the first one, like I said, was Georgia minus thirty one. The next one is the Vols. I'm taking the Vols minus three versus A and M. It's kind of another position bet. Uh it's just the fact that the Vols are twelve and zero in their last twelve at Neyland and A and M is zero and seven in their last away games. And obviously that just sides right towards the minus three. I mean, if, if you're going to win this game, I believe you're going to win it by three or more. So uh have to settle with the Vols on this one. Uh, plus I'm a Vols fan, so I mean, I, I got a little <laughs> bit of bias, bias hey, going into this Eric one. Eric Berry's going to be there too. Usually when I, usually when I pick them, I'm picking them because I feel good about it. Yeah. So. Well, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to, I'm ready for that Texas A&M game for sure. It's one I've circled on the schedule all year. Me too. I've been a little nervous about it, but Checker and Neyland, Eric Berry's going to be there. We're going to show up and show out. That's what I think. It's going to be an exciting, exciting weekend. Exciting week, SEC football. Yes, sir. Let's get on up and get out of here, I guess. See you guys. See ya. Man, I barely made it through that one.